Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Yuffie X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Alice Faye Duncan is the author of Opal Lee and What It Means to Be Free, the true story of the grandmother of Juneteenth. She is a national board certified teacher who writes for young learners. Memory is her motivation. She writes to help children remember important moments from African-American history. Her books are celebrated for vivid imagery and lyrical texts that sound like music. Alice's most popular titles include A Song for Gwendolyn Brooks, Just Like a Mama, Honey Baby, Sugar Child, and Memphis Martin and the Mountaintop, which received a 2019 Coretta Scott King Honor Medal. Alice lives in Memphis, Tennessee, where at a young age her mother nurtured her writing talent with prayer, poetry books, and praise. Welcome, Alice. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Opal Lee and what it means to be free. Thank you for the invitation. It's my pleasure. What a beautiful book. I mean, first of all, the illustrations, you must be so thrilled with. They're just amazing. Your illustrator, illustrator is Katura Bobo. Is that right? How I said yes. that? Beautiful. But honestly, the story, well, why don't you tell listeners first what it's about, and then I'll go off about all the things I loved about it. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Well, well, uh, Opal Lee and What It Means to Be Free is the story of Miss Opal Lee, who is called the grandmother of Juneteenth. The reason that they call her the grandmother of Juneteenth is because 
In 2016, she started a commemorative walk across the nation, encouraging national politicians, congressmen, and senators to vote for Juneteenth to be a national holiday. Now, people would say, well, what is Juneteenth? Juneteenth is that day two years and and 19 days after the Emancipation Proclamation that the enslaved discovered in Texas that the emancipation had been signed and that they were free. So it is considered figuratively the last day of American, the institution of American enslavement. Wow. But Opalie's story herself, it doesn't all end with the happy day. So why don't you talk about how you chose to depict the the tragedy, honestly, that came next with all of the, the with her house burning down and all of that. Tell, keep going. Well, well you, know, you know, I do believe that uh, life, that we have these predestined moments in life that shape us. And they determine the whole trajectory of what we will achieve. Mm -hmm. And so what happens to Opalie is she's living in Fort Worth, Texas, when she's 12 years old in 1939. Her family moves to a new neighborhood where they are the first Black family in the neighborhood. And they are terrorized by segregationists. They burn the home. A mob comes, burn their home. They they uh, vandalize the things in the home. And so her, her mom and dad move the family away, okay? But the irony of it is that this tragedy happens on Juneteenth Day, 1939. And so it is... It, what happens to Opalie when she is a child, you would think she would become she would become filled with anger and hatred because of what was unequivocally done to her and her family. But that experience leaves something else with Opalie. It's the thing that makes her when she grows up become so committed to justice and so committed to racial re- racial reconciliation and so you know the the embers burn but in her heart they don't burn with rage they burn with a commitment to galvanize us all under the banner of unity love and justice and hope i love that you had a line that struggle with something at a shine. Hold on. Let me find it so I don't misquote you because it was so beautiful. You said, I learned a big lesson that Juneteenth day, freedom is a golden coin. Struggle makes it shine. Yes. Yes. My father, my father would say, you know, my father was a a survivor of the Vietnam war. And my father would say where there is no cross, there is no crown. And, and that's what that, that, that phrase means. It, It means that in order to achieve anything, liberty, your dream, your hope, the career of your choice, little children have to learn that without the struggle, there is no achievement, right? Without the rain, there are no flowers, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say next. Good and bad rain. Good and bad work together like the sun and rain. Yes. This, yes. Whole, this whole page with that quote could be like on someone's wall. You know, that's beautiful. Well, thank it's a good, you. It's a good reminder, right? It's it's really important, all of these messages. I mean, that's an understatement. Extremely important, but have applications in so many different ways for all of the resilience and, and the perspective 
right? The perspective right. and even the gift of her story to Opalie's storytelling itself, wanting to share the story and the message and not let people forget and how to motivate people, right? How to right. See, the, see the positive in the most horrific situation ever. Exactly. And and something else that is very important when we think of Opalie or when we think of anybody who is doing uh, heroic things in their feeble humanity, because we are all feeble humans, but we're capable of doing really heroic things. And the thing that's important is that when you want your children to live bravely and when you want your children to be courageous, then it's necessary that we show them models of people living and alive who are doing courageous things and who are doing brave things. And so I think to have Opal Lee be 96 and still living in the world with us and this Juneteenth, little children can read about her life, but then they can also turn on the television and see her, you know, engaging little children around the nation in her walk, engaging dignitaries, you know, engaging her neighbors because in, in, in her neighborhood, she is a civic worker. She provides uh, food for those who are hungry. She provides clothing for those uh, without clothes. She pro- uh, helps folks to find shelter. She is a real civic worker. She is not someone who has done this for fame and claim, but she did it because in her heart of hearts, since the late 70s, early 80s, she has believed that Juneteenth is one holiday that can that can unite us under the banner of liberty and unity. Amazing. She's amazing. And so is the book. <laughs> and this Thanks, is not Carol. your first book, nor your last. You already have another one coming out very soon. Yeah. Wait, tell me about the next one that's that's coming well, out. You saw me. Did you see me? I was like, I want to talk about it. I want to talk yeah, about talk it. About it. <laughs> okay, so so my, my very next book <laughs> is called Yellow Dog Blues, which is a blues fable that is set in the Mississippi Delta. It's a story about a little boy whose yellow dog, his hound dog, runs away. And ultimately, it's the the theme is love, loss, and learning how to live despite it all and appreciate the joy of what you did have, even though it is now gone. Wow. That's it's wonderful. So, it's so I wonderful. <laughs> I pray that you'll have me back so we could talk about it. It's gonna be it's and the illustrator, the illustrator is Chris Rosca, who is a two-time Caldecott Award winner, but he does a lot of books about music, musicians. Uh, he's done a book on uh, Charlie Parker, the Thelonious Monk. But uh, but the reason why the book also relates to Opal Lee is that in 2016 I had written the the manuscript for Yellow Dog Blues, and traditionally in publishing they pair black writers with black illustrators and white writers with white illustrators. And so 2016, a lot of stuff was happening. And I was, I was, I was wanting to manufacture my own hope. Uh, I was wanting to manufacture my own sunshine. And so I said, well, what can I do? What can I do under the banner of racial reconciliation? And so I had this story. We know that blues music is American music. We know that that we all love blues music. We know that sun and rain shines in all of our lives or comes to all of us. And so I thought, you know what I can do? 
opposed to going the traditional way of a, of a black writer working with a black illustrator in under the banner of racial reconciliation, I'm going to seek a white illustrator to work with me so that I will be conscientious about what I'm doing in the creation of this book. And Chris Roska loves music. He loved the blues. And immediately when I sent it to him and I gave him the proposal of the idea, he was like, I'm busy. He's like, I'm busy, busy, but I will make time for this because I do think it's important. And so we've created something beautiful. And like Opal Lee, Opal Lee had Juneteenth as her vision to do something under the banner of unity, to do something to bring Americans together in this already divisive world. And so that was my tribute to do something under the banner of racial reconciliation, something that says, hey, I want to be intentional about me connecting with others who do not perhaps come from my, you know, my African-American culture. Wow, that's amazing. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, grownups. The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery. Perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. 
interesting. I, by the way, do not think I've ever heard anyone so excited about their next project ever. I was like, she, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, let's talk about it. I know. I was like, this, bet, this has to be the best I'm, book I'm I've excited. ever read. <laughs> you know, and if you give me an opportunity, I will send you like some, some galley copies of the book sure, yeah. so that you can see what I'm talking about. Because what he's done is, you know, in the Mississippi Delta, cotton was king, right? And so burlap sacks were everything because that's how they bailed the, the cotton. And so what Chris does in Yellow Dog Blues is he he renders the art with paint and embroidery. He tried burlap on his storyboard, but that was too heavy. So mm-hmm. what he did was he he instead replaced the burlap with linen. And when you photograph it, it still has that burlap look to it. So, so the embroidery, the paint, the burlap, wow. all of that coming together. You're talking about the Mississippi Delta, which is an agriculture environment. And then you're talking about blues, the hard labor of sharecroppers, uh, the memories and the legacies of the enslaved. You're talking about what we all know, love, loss, abandonment, and be, and learning how to be okay with that. And And the really bold thing is it's a story where it is a ending of resolve, but it is not the ending that the kid was hoping for. And isn't that life sometimes? Yes. Wow. Well, that's very exciting. And I'm really excited that you're so excited because, you know, why not? It's like you got got a new baby, right? So you got a new baby, you want everybody to get geeked about it, right? (laughs) I was literally, I was just interviewing someone the other day and she had won a massive prize for one of her books. And I was like, do you ever get sick of just talking about that book all the time? And she's like, yes. I don't know. No, she wants to talk about the next thing. Anyway. Oh, oh, um, oh the next thing. Yeah. yeah I, and that I understand. But you know, like your children, all of them are lovely and all of them are important. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. I read your whole history of how you wanted to be a librarian and you got a scholarship. And for a while you were doing that. And then by happenstance, you got into public school education and then you went private or was it reversed? Anyway, and then. No, no, uh, no. I, I, this is my 29th year teaching uh, public school and it is also my last year. So it next, is. Year, oh my next year I will be a full-time writer. Wow. Oh my goodness. Well, I can time. see it's been why a time. you are like the best teacher. I wish I had had you as a teacher. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what grade are you teaching? I know I I'm, read- a high, I'm a high school librarian. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to miss, uh, I'm going to miss my students, but But, you know, but also I'm looking forward to being creative because here's the thing. I started out wanting to be a writer first. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes art doesn't pay or sometimes it takes your art life and the coins coming Mm -hmm. from art. It takes it some time to really uh, develop and move beyond fledgling to prosperous, I guess. And so I became a librarian and a school librarian specifically. And the process of that has been so edifying because in doing so, I know the curriculum and I see the gaps in the curriculum. Mm. So now after 29 years of seeing the gaps in the curriculum and only being able to address them on the weekends and on holidays and in the summer when I have swaths, long swaths of time to write, you know, now 
I I call it Providence. God, you know, sweet baby Jesus has allowed me this opportunity to now just really luxuriate in thinking about writing and seeing how I can now edify kids in another way where I have been now, I've been distributing the books and disseminating the books. Now I can really look back and see how I can write the books, you know, for kiddos like that. (laughs) As a librarian for all this time, are there books that time and time again, kids go to that we might be surprised to hear about or that you recommend that are sort of underrated or? Honey, I love by Eloise Greenfield, which is a collection of poems that she did, oh, like almost over 30 years ago. And so this book is just very small and compact, but it has two favorite poems of mine in it. One of them is Things, which is about the power of writing, how poems never die. Like a variety of gifts will come and fade, but a poem lasts forever. So that's one of my favorite poems. And then the other poem in in here is Harriet Tubman. And a lot of the kids, because, you know, I do, I I still do school. When, When I was working, I was still able to do a variety of school visits in my district, like, you know, for open house and, and family reading night and stuff like that. And so another one that I share from this book is called Harriet Tubman. And a lot of the little kids in elementary school, they call it by the first line, which is Harriet Tubman didn't take no stuff. (laughs) And so I I just, uh, I love those poems because Harriet Tubman is someone who was tenacious. Mm -hmm. She was determined and she lived by faith. She, you know, she walked going to a land, I guess, like Abraham that she knew not of, but she kept on walking, right? And things, because it's about writing and about how poems can be permanent, eternal, everlasting, you know, I believe that also. Amazing. Thank you for the recommendation. I'm going to get that now. What advice would you have for aspiring authors? I would, I would encourage them to read poetry every day, you know, and, and whatever religious practice that they practice, uh, whatever religion that they come from, that religion has a book, right? And 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 most of all of those religious books are written in a poetic language that is alive and living, and and it touches us in a very organic way. So uh, I would advise read poetry every day. If you practice a religion, you know, read your religious texts because that poetry is organic and alive. And what happens is you just, you gain this facility or this ability with the words, but you also begin to hear, you know, you begin to hear with your own ear and you just begin to develop your own voice. I also would recommend reading Gwendolyn Brooks, reading Langston Hughes, reading Paul Lawrence Dunbar, Eloise Greenfield, <laughs> reading what, meeting, reading Mary Oliver. I'm naming you some of my favorite. Mary Oliver, James Whitcomb Riley, the James Whitcomb Riley, honey child, honey child. I love him. Paul Lawrence Dunbar and James Whitcomb Riley. In fact, I mean, of course, I love Gwendolyn Brooks because I have a book about Gwendolyn Brooks. But, but. James Whitcomb Riley and Paul Lawrence Dunbar, I like because they use the vernacular of the house, of the home. And that's what I also would tell writers. It's okay to use your mother's language, that your mother's language, the queen's language, uh, 
It's okay because that's organic for you. That mm-hmm. is authentic to you. And, and, and the things that you're going to talk about are going to be universal because you are having a human experience. So I don't care what culture you're coming from. You're having a human experience and your language is good. It's very, very good. And, and what you write from the heart will reach the heart. And and I'm saying that because my mother was a school teacher and I used to, because Paul Lawrence Dunbar was somebody I read when I was young, my mother would wake me up in the morning saying, Elias, Elias, bless the Lord. Don't you know the day is brought? If you don't get up, you scamp, there'll be trouble in this camp. Now my mama was getting <laughs> up every morning with that. And wow. then when she would find, cause I'm an only child, when she would find my little poems around the house, I was writing in an African-American vernacular. It's what I heard often in the home when we were being casual with each other. It's the poetry that I was reading. But to my mother's chagrin, Alice Faye, Alice Faye, can we say that differently? And I grew up and I said, no, we cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're amazing. I feel like you need to do more, like everyone, you should do like YouTube videos or you should like get out on the world. I've been busy busy working. So I, so I, 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 you know, I've been busy working maybe next year, maybe next year. And hopefully you will promise, promise you'll invite me back for September where maybe we can read from yellow dog blues. Maybe we should do like a a live event or something like Instagram. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because here's the thing. Opal Lee said, if she did not speak about Juneteenth, Perhaps no one else would. Mm -hmm. So she took it as her one woman campaign across the nation. And we now have Juneteenth as a holiday. So I have that same approach about blues music because I live in Memphis and Memphis is considered the front door of the Mississippi Delta. And so I believe that if I don't share blues music with young children, they won't have an appreciation for this music, which is original American music. I don't want them to wait to go to college and have to listen to college radio to gain an appreciation for what is very American, Mm -hmm. very old, and very therapeutic for the human soul, right? And so I'm like, I was like, how can I introduce kids to the blues? And I was like, okay, I'll write a story about a dog, you know? Amazing. Amazing. Alice or Alice Faye, it was so lovely uh, to get to know you today. Thank you so much. And this will be running on Juneteenth. So you will help with education, awareness, making a difference, all that good stuff. Thank you so very much and have a super day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. 
So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.